Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. But today, I think it's the Bain Mastery Podcast. Um, <laughs> today is is a, is actually a really you know exciting interview for us to do. In that, you know, I have an old friend with me today. He's a performance professional, you know, a psychologist, somebody who's really focused on helping people to kind of max out their potential, not just athletically, uh, although that is a lens, but but personally. So today, I have Matt Bain with us, Matt again, is, is a, a real uh, performance therapist and somebody who's going to share with us some nuggets of his wisdom. So, Matt, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I'm, uh, I've been a, a fan and following along and listening to the podcast on my walks and, you know, already generating questions in my mind, but realizing I can't inter- interact with anybody. So that's... <laughs> 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 it's a challenge, right? But yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why we use technology, right? So, so Matt's somebody who's like, he's an athlete, he's a dad, you know, he's a teacher, uh, he's a coach. For people that are listening, and Matt was like, a, you know, a, and probably still is, you know, kind of like a high performing type athlete, you know, having played, you know, uh, team sports, but also really excelling in the individual endurance sports. So, Matt, in all your experience in, in working with these athletes and, and, and looking through the literature, for people that are listening, these could be people that you know, are just looking to get a leg up, are looking to kind of maximize the mind's potential to induce better performance. What's kind of like a main message that you'd like for, for people to better understand, or maybe that doesn't, that just gets, that, that, that's right in front of you, but oftentimes gets missed? Oh. What a great question. I think, honestly, it's part of my philosophy to begin with the concepts of, of curiosity and playfulness. Mm. When I begin, you know, talking with teams, with athletes, and I don't care what level they're at, if they're at, you know, they could be a 10-year-old national level gymnast and an Olympic level athlete who's, you know, striving for a second Olympics or something, almost always embedded in a conversation is curiosity. Are you curious for another limit? Are you curious for another level? And, and how can you refine that curiosity? You know, if I'm going to be in a, in a performance situation and I'm looking at, I'm speaking about athletes, but this is anybody, right? If I'm presenting, if I'm, you know, doing a job interview, if I'm, you know, writing and refining something, any of those elements, the curiosity and playfulness tends to disappear right? And curiosity as a child is, is foundational, right? You get to the park, you're a little hesitant, you're trepidatious to, to jump onto the, to the equipment. And then, you know, you go up a little slowly initially, and then the next time it's quicker, next time it's quicker, pretty soon you're not paying any attention anymore. And you're just flying around and timelessness occurs. So the, the, the playfulness that can occur in, in all the facets of our lives should really be foundational, even at the highest levels of performance. Oh, I love that. I mean, what you just said is something, something personally I'm working on. You know, I, I found myself, you know, being so left brain dominant, you know, wanting to, you know, plan and, and execute and control. And, and really what's so important is to be able to kind of surrender and to be. And that's one thing that the youth teach us, right? When I spend time with my 12-year-old my son and my five-year-old kind of nephew, 
I look at them. There's no, there's not a lot of extra planning or overthinking things. They're just being, and they're in it. And then you look at the high performers from the work that you do. You know, one example that, that I love is when you hear Steve Kerr talk about Steph Curry, you know, and they say one of their core values is joy. And, and he said on, on an interview, you know, watch him play and tell me he's not playing with joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you, you dive into a really important part is the emotion and the awareness of emotion and identification of emotion, right? We're, we're pretty transparent as children. We, you know, we jump around and we said, this is so much fun and we're happy. And, you know, and then, you know, there's all these layers that we're supposed to be serious and we're supposed to grind and we're supposed to be motivated and we're supposed to, and those are the things that tend to pressure people out of those states. And, you know, when I look at the emotions, there, there are no such thing as positive and negative emotions. They're just our emotions. And mm. when we're talking about the, something like happiness, I don't confuse it with joy. You know, joy is a part of happiness. Happiness is a construct right? I can be working hard, sweating, grinding, you know, being three or four seconds behind my pace time, but I'm still happy. I'm still in that state because I'm doing something I love. I'm passionate. It's making me better. It's, it's fostering curiosity. I don't have to be curious for the distance of something. I just have to be curious for the next three seconds on the other side of this pain that I'm experiencing. And so when I'm when I when I have the construct of happiness at its at its core is emotions and one of those is joy and I think that's yeah. what really enhances an understanding for I think a lot of athletes today as they let go of the layering that maybe the marketing or the the money and the business and all those kinds of things that tend to come along with high pressure sports and they just play yeah right? they just play yeah. you know and Steph's well, probably one of the best examples of that. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what's involved with that level of, you know, like, I, I don't get it. But <laughs> when you when you think about, you know, where, where, as you know, I spend a lot of time working more in kind of the rehabilitation space, you know, people that have had concussion or stroke or even post, you know, cancer chemotherapy, you know, what underpins, you know, in your knowledge, I mean, you're very well-read guy, you know, what underpins a really more successful rehabilitation from the patient or client perspective, you know, what, what does it take to be that good client, you know, in, mm-hmm. in your experience? Honestly, the characteristics aren't that different, Mark. And that's was one of the things about mm-hmm. making it more of a human characteristic than a context characteristic. I think when you have a rehabilitation concept, whether it's concussion recovery, you know, whether it's a person with a brain injury, there's often this precipice of getting back to something. Mm-hmm. As if there's a way to go back in time. And when we're able to let go of back to, we may actually be striving more to be in the present and fostering the creativity and the curiosity that comes along with where I am right now. You may exceed what you thought back to presented. And as a result, you experience greater joy. You experience greater curiosity. You may experience the, some of the down moods that come along with frustrations but that's part of the journey and being present with, with that very person and having and teaching that person to be as present, you know, and, I, and I'm going to use the term neuroplasticity, you know, you've start to foster new memories. Mm-hmm. You start to foster new memories of the self. And when you start to foster new memories of the self, there is no back to part. You're not reminiscing something you're present, you're curious, you're playful, and you're experiencing more joy. Therefore, 
it opens up so much more about being here and now in that recovery or that rehabilitation. Yeah, I love it. That's that's great. And I, I think, you know, something that I really you know, want to distill the point, you know, go back to that youthful you and try to as much as you can remember what it was like to just be in play. And then, you know, so for me observing, you know, those younger kids just out there playing, there's not a lot of judgment. <laughs> You know, there's mm-hmm. no, no, there's not a lot of, you know, there can be a little bit of social anxiety, but I think, you know, that's, that can be there, but, you know, once they get going, you're, it's such a good point. The message I want people to hear is we are all capable of this. Mm-hmm. We actually taught ourselves out of it though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Very much so. We're kind of like born perfect and then taught ourselves out of it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, well, and then we judge ourselves for yes. wanting to be more present and just being. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going <laughs> to echo is like we just get really good at evaluating something that we actually dislike and then reminiscing about something, some way we were. Like, wait a minute. How, how did it get that way? Right. Like, we get to turn that script, we get to flip that script. Yeah. And as a result, you're, you know, the stress is lower, right? We're more healthy. We're more receptive. We're more flexible. Like so many of those factors that are about our own health and our brain health specifically, I think bridges to the here and now bridges to us as adults. I don't care how old you are. You know, we can do these things if we sort of adopt that ideology. Yeah, no, I love it. And, you know, that's such a good message that I want people to really really hear from Matt, because Matt works in a pretty wide range of capacities, having been on faculty in the post-secondary world, to working in private practice, to doing high-level coaching, to coaching, to being a father, to being a son. You know, he's worn lots of hats. And I think this is kind of a universal truth is if, if one could be present, then in that true moment, which is hard to do. So, you know, I keep teaching myself, be self-compassionate. You know, like if you're unable to just be aware that you're actually unable to at that moment and try to then become engaged. And, you know, Dr. Cam Clark, who's in, in Alberta as well, in Southern Alberta, you know, when he was on, he gave a really good point that, you know, for us left brain people, you are not your next thought. And, I, <laughs> and when you really think about that, it's like, wow, okay, all right, I can mm-hmm. work with that. And, you know, one of my mentors, Howard Eaton, always kind of helped us to understand that you want to try to be here and now mm-hmm. and on purpose and just being really present and now. And it can be so incredibly challenging with, as we just heard another ringer, as we're on this, this call here, you know, yet another example of, of distraction. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, can I add to that a little bit? Too? Yeah. Is I think I love that you are not, you're not, you are not your next thought. And, you know, I, I, I share something similar is that, you know, your thoughts are not decisions mm-hmm. and your thoughts are not actions. Your thoughts are not behaviors. And unless you follow them up as behaviors where you just mentioned the perfect bridge to that is on purpose or with purpose. And if I really want to be fostering a, a critical mindset, then I'm going to follow that up. I've got to continue to do the thing that feeds the critical mind. Right. If I'm going to foster a more, a more open, a more broad, a more curious mind, then I've got to actually do things that foster curiosity. And we're all in a, in a world of efficiency. And efficiency means to try to do as, as less work as we possibly can to maximize the time that we have. 
Whereas curiosity actually takes us the other way is that we are that present to find out what it is that is actually going to be in this moment. And what can I glean from this moment where, and and I think that Mm. efficiency in that moment is that, okay, am I here now present requires you to have the purpose to be here Mm. now and present, right? We've got all these, why, what's your why and all these things. And then we got, try to get these catchphrases and we forget that it might be as simple as my purpose is to just there, there's the bridge. Like you said, I'm in a bridge to being present. That's my purpose. Oh, I love Matt. Like that's, and that, you know what? That's enough. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, like that's really enough. And, you know, as both fathers, I, I've got the kids, you know, well, you know me, I'm a relatively big guy progressively getting smaller um <laughs> uh you know you knew me when i was a big guy but you know my, my eldest son is six one now and you know it's interesting when you think about the power of the mind right you know he's just taken up crossfit and i like to think he has some of the genetics to excel at that but we'll see um you know, <laughs> uh, but but the mindset behind it is so powerful because you know he's still approaching a lot of things, although it's starting to get trained out of him, sadly, as many teenagers, you know, there's a lot going on with the, with the brain and development in that age, but you look at it and you, you see him come into this cross, you know, this class and still with a sense of wonder and curiosity and mm. a sense of, of maybe joy will be coming my way. And it's pretty cool to, it's pretty cool to witness and see that. And then, you know, hopefully that will lead to behaviors that really mm-hmm. fulfill him as long as one can have a little bit of understanding of who they are, what they stand for, what they would like to stand for. But outside of that, also just ultimately being and and doing unto others, which, you know, life can be in some cases and performance can be in some cases relatively simple. Yes. So, you know, and this is something that I just, I'm enjoying. That's good to reconnect with you. Man, mm-hmm. like it's just good to see you. But for people that are out there, you know, here's somebody again who works in the space, who's who's working to help people become stronger mentally, which leads to, to stronger overall, and also gaining a better understanding of themselves. If I gave on the Bain Mastery podcast, if I gave <laughs> him the the crystal ball for the world of kind of brain health, you know, what would that look like for you? What would you like to see with all the hundreds of people, thousands of people that you've influenced? You know, what would you love to see happen in the future? Oh, what a super question. Honestly, I can't remember who said it, but I love, I love the preface of, you know, take what you're doing seriously and yourself lightly. And in doing so, we can be engaged mm-hmm. and purposeful and driven, whether it's short term, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to lift this, this max, you know, today. Or long term, you know, I'm you know writing a writing a dissertation, writing a thesis, raising a child, right? You, if you're taking the situation seriously and seeing two, three, and four steps ahead, but yourself lightly, you're not criticizing for the second step that you're not even at yet, right? And the self criticism is is loud and obnoxious because of a lot of different influences. Some of them seen or slanted as negative, you know, things like media or things like social media and those, but they're also ingested by oneself. Mm -hmm. They're chosen. And at the very core of that self lightly is to me, a motivational construct, you know, autonomy, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel I don't have a choice, I'm automatically going to be critical. I'm going to feel helpless to do something different. And when I have a choice, doing nothing is a choice. Continuing on the same path is a choice. Altering the path is a choice. Whether that is, again, you know, lifting this, you know, this weight today or raising children for the next 18 years. You know, I, I do have choices. And the, the sooner that we can get to that space, the better that we're going to be or the better motivated we're going to be to achieve the next benchmark. I love it. I'm always interested in what people like yourself, you know, get all of our guests are, are reading or a book that's really helped to, to really shape them. And, and I'll go first. Um, mm-hmm. so the, the one that, that really gets me still to this day was actually uh, when we were at university and it was when you used to have to go, there was no pub med to, to us, you know? <laughs> so, you know, the, you know, no Google scholar, that was not yeah, a thing. Done. I had to go to the library and I remember it was for an assignment and it was uh, Chicksey Mahai's flow. You know, mm-hmm. for me, that's still something that is as relevant today as it was back. I won't say how long ago. So, you know, for you, w- w- is there one, maybe two books that really kind of come to mind for you that have really helped to shape some of your work and perspectives? I, I'm going to, I'm going to drag myself back to the university days as well. And it's probably one of the first assignments that I got to do or that I did with intention as a student. Uh, and that was seven habits of highly effective mm. people. And yeah. it drew, it drew the curtains back on just how important fostering positive communication and effective communication and relationships were for me, it started to unearth a lot of, you know, issues from, from, you know, past teams or Mm. uh, groups that I've worked with or anything. And it really started to change the trajectory of how I approached people. And it, it drew attention to just how important people were to me from there. You know, I dove into a lot of the, the papers and journals and, and the academics that drove the books. And for me, it's more of a theory, 2005, 2006 stumbled upon self-determination theory. Um, and DC and Ryan, you know, have been kicking around since the seventies and the eighties, and they're still doing it. And it, it became foundational for my coaching. Um, I, I, you know, firmly rooted my, my entire program in basic needs theory, autonomy, competence, and relatedness, uh, and the athletes soared. And as coaches, we got tremendous credit for it. And we just kept passing it back to the athletes because of the idea that we really got out of the way of the athletes to see what they were really capable of. And that's what led me on the academic journey, the curiosity for what's, what else is out there? How else can we do this? And, you know, I joked on social media that I've, you know, I've written four different literature of reviews um, in, you know, three different dissertation ideas for two different institutions in the past 10 years. You shouldn't have to do that, but, it's maybe the problem with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that you never end being curious. And, but a lot of it is foundational in motivation. And I'm very, very curious about how people are motivated, what it is that they're inhibited by or enhanced for, what thwarts their own basic needs. How do they do it to themselves? You know, what is it that we can do differently if we just underpin our behaviors with an understanding? Well, of I, I think, you know, 
it's really interesting and I'm super proud of everything you're doing, Matt. I think it's really cool having known you a long time. And, and, you know, I think about, you know, what you just said there, you know, I, I think about a conference I was at probably in, oh God, 2008 in <laughs> Dallas, Texas. And it was uh, Dr. Howard Gardner, who I'm sure you're aware of some of his work. He looked at kind of multiple intelligences, and kind of helped towards doing some of the research to prove that mm-hmm. theory. And that was a long time ago. And, and he gets up there and, you know, we're, we're in this big hotel and it's the International Mind, Brain and Education Society's in, inaugural conference. And first of all, Matt, you know me, I'm kind of like, why am I in this room? You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just lucky to be here, you know, because I'm, I'm geeking out on all these academics that are so impressive. And, you know, my mentor's there with me, Howard, and I'm kind of like, okay, just, you know, stay in your lane. And, and Howard Gardner gets up there to open the conference and he's kind of a disheveled, brilliant man, right? And he gets up there takes the mic and i'm like i didn't know what howard gardner looked like i'm like that's okay that's okay cool um all right and he gets up there and and basically you have all these postdocs up just just what's the next great idea right gets up there and he's very quiet this seems like an awesome man right this seems mm-hmm. amazing and he I, as i recall it he kind of gets on the mic and welcomes everybody and everybody of course got their pens and paper because they've written all of their careers on his seminal ideas yeah and and then he goes you know what I think? What if I was wrong? <laughs> and then, and then his whole theory was I go back, test it all and think about it. And I'm like, I believe I'm still quite right on this, but he's so curious. And I think it's a theme, Matt, that you're talking about that I think is a real gift of yours is that, is that curiosity and that playfulness and that presence are all like three big gifts that, mm-hmm. that you're passing to your, to those that you serve as they work through their personal journeys of, of development, of enhancement, of acceleration. And I think that's just such a gift that you bring, having known you for so long and seeing what you're doing. I think that's actually that curiosity is maybe not be a bad thing. That actually might be one of your greatest gifts because you're constantly looking at different ways to look at things, which enables you to better understand the other side. Mm-hmm. So I, I, thank you. Those are really, really kind words. And, I, I hope so. I really do. It's yeah. you know, you, uh, you and I are both very uh, humble beings in being able to interact with the people that we work with, and and I to this day have have continued to to feel that humility to have those opportunities to share with people and and to be you know I don't project much of my own uh, knowledge on on people for that very reason because my curiosity is about them. I already know about me. Right. I need to know more and more and more about them and understand how they're working and how things aren't working for them. And, and, and I, I think, you know, while I have you here and we'll do this again, but while I have you here, you know, you and I have both struggled in life, you know, and we won't go into that, but you know, I've definitely struggled in life and going to university, being away from home for the first time, that was really overwhelming for me. And it really felt, I really felt helpless at times. You know, um, there were times where, and, and I really, you know, what I did do is I, as I went into the shell, right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and fulfilled a different kind of, you know, just changed. Actually, I probably never changed my vision. Just wasn't courageous when I was younger to, to try to live towards, to step into that vision, Yeah, you know, for people that are out there right now, and these could be people that, you know, may have suffered a concussion, you know, may have just felt such overwhelmed because of COVID, you know, may just be generally overwhelmed what's an encouragement that you could pass on to them because you've worked with many people, you know, yourself 
that might be a message they need to hear right now. I'm going to lob it right back into your court and use those two words. The, the courageousness presents the recognition that you know something different and you're mm. aware of it. And courage is the bridge from what you're doing to what you want to do or what you wonder about. And if you're going to step onto that bridge, you know, I'm going to be courageous. I, if I don't bring that to mind, if that there's another purpose, if I don't bring that to mind, then it just stays in the, in the toolbox until either I'm violently shoved out of mm-hmm. that state and I'm uncomfortable or I don't move from it and potentially become sort of paralyzed and comfortable, even in paralysis, which is mm-hmm. that helplessness, which I believe fosters a lot of depression. So mm-hmm. when we talk about that courageousness, it's the idea that you have two images. You have two pictures, what I'm doing and what I, what I see myself. And then maybe just what I'm capable of. And the capability part is, you know, okay, it's just over there. Being courageous is not a big bridge. I love it. I love it. And it, and it starts with one step, right? That's yeah. the thing. Like for, you know, we're talking about kind of these left brain, you know, you know, type A types, you know, and just being, it starts with that one step. And, you know, I love it. There's this Nike ad that came out there and I know Nike, I'm not sponsoring Nike, but, you know, <laughs> but I, I just think it's a yeah. wonderful ad. Because uh, it's a it's a it's a younger boy. He's a bit heavier set, and he's running. And you see him in the distance. You've probably seen the ad. If you haven't, I'll send it to you. I'll text it over to you. It's awesome because yeah. it's basically this this kid hustling, and then you slowly see it, and then he's getting closer. And you see how hard he's working, and it's such a great example of we all can in our own way, mm-hmm. you know. And and like with Garmin, I love their whole tag. Brilliant beat yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, and even with intention, when you need to rest, this is where things like the whoop, looking at recovery, like recovery is rewarded. Yeah. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Right. Like, <laughs> isn't, isn't that a beautiful thing? Right. <laughs> recovery is rewarded. And you okay. see people out there saying, isn't that way to go? You're recovering. And I think that's such a, you know, again, a gift of yours is, is really being able to help people to be guided to that self-exploration and discovery of where they're actually seem to be at right now. And actually, if they focused in those efforts, they could be over here too, if they wanted to be. So I, uh, any last words you wanted to kind of just leave people with any kind of like, you know, send offs that you'd like to just share with people. I want to share with people, my respect for you, my respect. And and as you mentioned, uh, we've been friends for a very long time and we didn't connect (laughs) for a few years as we, we wandered and and, uh, found our souls and our journeys. But I want to echo the respect that I feel for you and and following along and hearing your words and being able to, to see the work that you've been doing and see the people that you get to engage with the respect and, and even to envy. I love hearing your stories. And I sit there, I'm like, Oh, tell me another one. Tell me more. This is so exciting. I mean, Mark and I have connected a number of times in, mm-hmm. in the past few years. And, and I just hope it just continues because I me really too. enjoy being a part of what you're doing. So oh, me too. it's awesome. And, oh, uh, mutual, man. And uh, you're just doing great things. And for people that are listening, maybe this message finds them where they yeah. need it right now. Uh, how do people that are in need of kind of some, maybe some of those types of services or want to learn more about your work, how do they get in touch with you? 
My webpage is www.mmbcounseling.com. Googling Matthew Bain as well. A lot of the work that I do, finding social media and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But broadening that out is, is the Canadian Sports Psychology Association and mental performance consultants nationwide okay. uh, are doing phenomenal work as well as the Canadian Center for Mental Health and Sport. I'm a part of both of those organizations and love, deeply, deeply love the work that we get to do. So if there are people in other parts of the country and say, well, Matt's, you know, in Alberta, you know, look up mental performance consultants uh, with Canadian CSPA, Canadian Sports Psychology Association, and, you know, follow up because I mean, it is a lot of fun. And the people that I know and that I work with, I stand in reverence of most of them. So, I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Matt. And, uh, you know, have a wonderful day. We'll, we'll, we'll connect again soon. And uh, just really appreciate your time. Look forward to it. Appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Mastery Podcast brought to you by ABI Wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI Wellness. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.